Welcome back, everyone, to episode three of Show and Tell. This is my uh, small attempt to highlight the people behind the Magic the Gathering community and their unique journeys as content creators. Uh, today, I am joined by the one James, uh, Magic streamer, Twitch partner, and now full-time content creator. Uh, well, first off, congratulations on the jump to full-time creator. Uh, that is quite the uh, quite the move. I'm very excited for you. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's, it's, been, it's been a long time coming, been a major goal of mine, so can't wait to see what the future holds. Uh, I, I'm always amazed. So I'm going to tell you this, this moment for you is perfect. Cause this is like what sort of inspired me to make this show to see someone, you know, playing essentially a card game, right? Probably the greatest game ever created in the grand scheme of games and longevity, maybe not compared to chess. That's not chess, the point. <laughs> chess, chess probably chess gets the, the longevity and, and, and that, but like for like a, a card game, a fantasy world, uh, to, to jump in and make this like your full-time profession uh, is incredible. I could never do it. I can I can barely commit to any sort of passion project or any sort of artistic endeavor for more than like two weeks. So um, hats off to you. Uh, I'm, I look forward to see uh, to see your journey uh, and maybe be a part of it a little bit, you know, get some games and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, so what I wanted to kind of do is to, to kind of take this opportunity and uh, really dive into, you know, how you got here, like how you became a full-time magic creator. Um, I know we kind of talked and you had kind of sent me some stuff that you started playing magic. Well, let's get your magic origin story. Um, I think you said you started playing in Amonkhet. Is that when you jumped into to playing magic? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to say that it's been more than two weeks, I think. This is episode three, so that means technically we're like almost, we're like a little over three weeks in. So your passion project is going over two weeks now. Um, so I, I'm commending you on that one. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> uh, and now I'll go into when I started playing Magic. Yeah, uh, I started playing Magic in Amonkhet, um, back in, I don't know, I don't know what year it came out, but I, I did one draft and I had to ask my friend how to even play Magic, because I'd been a professional Yu-Gi-Oh player before that, so, um, still playing Yu-Gi-Oh at this time. But yes, Amonkhet is when I started. That's crazy. It's, for me, I... It sounds, this is sound really pretentious, but like, I, I guess I'm almost, I'm not super old school, but I started playing Magic uh, during the Urza block. So, gosh, that's over, almost over 20, 25 years now. I don't know, junior high. So a long time, long time ago. But to see, like, the timeline of when people jump in to playing, I, I mean, I wasn't even playing Magic when Amaket was uh, in rotation. Like, I came back. And Magic's one of those weird games because, like, I feel like you play it and then, you know, if you're a casual like me, you'll play it for a while and then you kind of stop and then something will come in, like a set will intrigue you and you'll jump back in. So for me, I, you know, I was playing the last kind of thing for me is I got back into it during Dominaria because uh, that was kind of one of my favorite planes when I was initially playing and a lot of characters I liked. And I've been still, this is probably one of the longest chunks of time I've still been into Magic um, between breaks. So, it's just, um, there's so many chunks of years of Magic that I, I have no uh, familiarity with, but, like, there's so much time that people can jump into it. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's just a testament to the longevity of the game and uh, the kind of allure for people to kind of to come into it. So, uh, where to start? So, what, 
what uh, inspired you to to try magic? I mean, you said you were a full time or you were a professional Yu Gi Oh player. Uh, so obviously you had some background in card games. Were you looking for a change, or did you? I mean, were you just wondering how it played compared to Yu Gi Oh? Actually, it's it's kind of just off off of a whim. There uh, at uh, Cool Stuff Inc. There's a uh, which is my LGS. One of my best friends, uh, Raphael, that you know we played Yu Gi Oh together all the time. He was like. Hey, because they, they usually, you know, kick some people out early because they have, like, huge pre-releases there. At least they did, like, I don't know, four or five years ago when Amonkhet came out. But uh, they were like, oh, I mean, why don't we just stay for the pre-release? I mean, we're here already, and, you know, we can, we can, we're already good at magic, at Yu-Gi-Oh! We can, like, sling some magic spells, right? And I'm like, I don't know how to play magic. And I'm like, like, sure, I guess. It was just a thing that I was just doing with my friend to pass the time for that night. <laughs> and, uh... And uh, it was a it was a pre-release. I got like a really good. It was a pre-release, and then we did like a draft afterwards or something. But I think it was just a pre-release where I got like this amazing black cycling card that like did minus one minus one to everything. It was like a, a god or a lord or something. Okay. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it was a really cool like blue black cycle cycle discard deck. And that's the first thing I ever the first thing I ever made. So it was basically just almost a whim of just like doing nothing else that night. And then it kind of progressed after that. And I went back to Yu-Gi-Oh for a little bit. And then I went I was like and then I went back to Magic because my friend was like, yo, there's value in modern. You can make your you can <laughs> you can get the cards in modern and only get the deck one time and play it forever. Obviously this is before Modern Horizons came out and stuff that really changed the game completely, but I was like, Well, what's the cheapest deck I can make? And I'm like, Burn, Storm or Tron. And I'm like, well, I kind of like casting big, big spells, but I don't really like the blue-black stuff, blue-red stuff. So I guess I'll make Tron, not knowing it was like one of the most hated archetypes in modern. <laughs> yes, a lot. A lot of people have very strong opinions on Tron that uh, I'm not going to repeat. Some yeah, right, this, right. But uh, that's funny. So <laughs> the, 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 that time period from like that that uh, like draft slash like sealed open like Amonkhet. Let's Play Modern was like, you know, a year or two span that I just didn't play Magic at all. So I built a Modern deck, played in like two tournaments, then just stopped playing Modern. Um, two or three tournaments. Like I played for like a, maybe a month or something. I stopped playing. And, I, and then my friend was like, yo, there's... Uh, um, what, what's the a set with a bunch of Planeswalkers in it? And Nissa Who Shakes the World and Narset and all these broken Planeswalkers. Um, War of the Spark. Uh, War of the Spark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, War of the Spark came out, and I like loved Sarkin and 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 Nissa and stuff. And I was watching a few YouTube videos. And I was like, man, this standard format, man, like Hydroid Crisis is so good, uh, and just like all these cards. I'm like, but I can't afford Hydroid Crisis because at the time, Breeding Pool was over twenty dollars, and uh, Hydroid Crisis was like going on twenty twenty like fifteen to twenty bucks at the time or something, something, something yeah. crazy for my budget at the time. And I was like, I'm not building a blue green deck. That's like too much. Um, but then I pulled an Oko out of wow. a pack. And I was like, oh. Um, actually, th 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 I just fast-tracked. But backtracking a little bit before that, um, I was like, well, maybe I can play standard. My friend is kind of like, well, if we're good in modern, maybe we'll just play standard. So I, I picked up a, I was like, what's the best deck in standard? So it was a red-black aggro deck okay. at the time. And it was like Hour of Devastation format. I think it was after Rampaging Ferocidon got banned. Okay. Um, but I played the red black deck with Scrap Pete Scrounger and Glorybringer and Chandra Torture Defiance and the and Angrath the Flame Chains in the sideboard. And I played in it was a PPTQ. I remember it was one PPTQ. 
and I was like, well, I'm going to build this deck, but I'm going to put Wizards in it, because I think Wizards Lightning is broken. There's like one mana, deal three damage to any target if you control a wizard. Yeah. So I played like Soulscar Mage and Gitu Lava Runner and stuff like that too, like in the Black Red Aggro deck. And I was destroying everyone in that tournament. This is my first standard tournament ever that I ever played in. And it was a PPTQ. Wow. And uh, I was I was destroying everyone. I'm like 4-0 and I draw in to like to top eight. And then top eight I play against one of my friends from the store that I had known for a long time. And I destroyed him. He was playing the some kind of like green black or abzan snake deck with counters on it okay the, yeah. the, the, you know what i'm talking about the counter is, snake is it the minus one minus one counters or uh every time you put a plus one plus one counter on something you put an additional one. Oh, uh, uh, hardened scales uh, it was scale. like hardened scales but it wasn't a creature it was like a black oh green creature. gotcha it was uh, something i i vaguely i yeah I yeah it was know. some kind of like abzan mid-range aggro-y counters deck and i destroyed them uh, and I was like, well, on to the top four. <laughs> and then I played against a mirror match in the top four, except for that person was playing the regular red-black uh, red deck, and I was playing the Wizards deck. I destroyed them, too! Long story short, I made the finals in my first ever actual tournament. That's pretty good. Playing, playing standard, and I played against some pro player named Brad Carpenter. Yeah, I don't even think he plays anymore. But we were playing a, he was playing, we were playing a mirror match again, because it was the best deck, and he destroyed me with PNLR, uh, making my creatures unblockable and killing me and stuff. But he completely demolished me. It wasn't even close. After that, I was like, I might be good at this game. Um, but that, I mean, if you wanted to hear the story, I can tell you more. But that's kind of just like kind of how it started for me, like thinking about magic. But I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh! As, as a pro during this whole time. That's crazy. So, wow, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool to like jump right in and like have, have immediate success. I mean, I think that's probably a pretty big uh, confidence boost, like kind of switching games there a little bit. Um, well, I'm, I'm, it, it was only only like that tournament because at, right after that I played like a different standard deck. Not right after that, it was like a couple, like a year or two after that. I started getting into standard again because I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh for a little bit, and it was like a lot harder than I had thought. I was like, maybe I just got lucky in this PPTQ. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, go on. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, it's one of those things where like obviously luck is part of the game, right? Because you could be the best, you know, even the best players of the world. You know, if you draw, if you flood out or you get, you know, mana screwed, like there's no amount of skill is going to really save you from that. Um, but if you have a basic understanding of like uh, strategies and, you know, control of your deck, I mean, that obviously will kind of give you an edge. But, you know, I don't I don't think you can you can, you know, do that well in a tournament and just be completely like trash at the game. I think there's got to be some something there to, to, to make that far to make it that far to turn, especially your first tournament. Like there's probably some amount of luck to, you know, being so uh, being like your first tournament, but like it's definitely there must be something there that, that I think was a was a hint towards your, your future um, endeavors, I would say. Yeah, like, I, I remember I remember I was in the in the top eight and I my opponent was at three and I top decked like Wizards Lightning off the top or something and they were like, oh like right when they were about to come back. Um, to win that, to win like in game three or something, and I played against a. Uh, you remember Aetherspire Harvester, the, yes. the Abzan vehicles deck. Yeah. Uh, I played against that in the in the, um, in one of the one of the rounds as well, against someone else really really good with it, and they just got completely mana screwed. They were like, "Oh, this always happens," kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So like it was it was that one tournament that was like maybe I'm maybe I'm pretty good at this, but I already had like, ma resource management slash card game like know-how already from like being really good at Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I always laugh when I play like not like board game games with my friends because 
I have like the background in card game stuff, so I feel like I understand how games work a little better in terms of like resource efficiency and like all that kind of stuff. Uh, versus people who are just like, let's play Settlers of Catan, and I don't, you know, or whatever. But uh, you have that, you know, that 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 edge and that training of playing card games for mm -hmm. so long. So you said you were a Yu-Gi-Oh, a professional Yu-Gi-Oh player as well, correct? Yes. So how long did you play Yu-Gi-Oh for, and like, what got you into Yu-Gi-Oh? What got me into Yu-Gi-Oh is I, I had always collected the cards from when I was super young. Back, mm -hmm. I would watch Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon on Saturday mornings, mm -hmm. every Saturday morning. Classic. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I would collect both of the cards and didn't really play anything until one of my family friends' sons. He started playing Yu-Gi-Oh, so I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh with him. And of course, we both sucked, and it was a long, 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 long time ago. Um, this this is back like if anybody knows what like Maneater Bug and Legin Genie of the Lamp are, then like you know it was a long time ago. But those uh, back in the day, of course, you know that I was just collecting them. I liked the art. I watched the anime, stuff like that. But it wasn't until I was around twenty three ish years old, twenty four, when uh. I had moved out of my mom's house when I was 18, and then I moved back in a few years later. When I moved back in, my brother was playing was playing like Yu-Gi-Oh, and he was getting better and better at it by learning learning from people at his game local game store. Um, and he was going to cool stuff. He was going to cool stuff Inc. and playing in tournaments and learning from people and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what, I could do this thing. And uh, you know, I had I had I was like, oh well, what what deck do I want to play? What deck do I like? And it turned out that one of the meta decks was only like twenty bucks. You only needed to get like or thirty bucks. You only needed to get like three of a starter deck, and it just made an actual meta deck. So I was like, "All right, I already know. I already like this game. I might as well try to learn it." And they're saying it's thirty dollars for a really good deck, and my brother was like, "Yeah, it's a really good deck." So I started playing it and wanted to get better from there. And that was when I was around 23. I'm 29 now. And then from 23 to 26, I had, like, a huge, like, learn super fast. Because it turns out, I, I, was, I think it was just lucky that the circle of friends that my brother had at the local game store also happened to be, like, some of the best players in Florida. Oh, wow. Well, like, probably, un, like, not even knowingly. Just happened to be uh, one of the people right now is one of the people that have judged in worlds and, and big, huge tournaments and stuff. And so, um, through learning from them and going to their house and playtesting and, like, learning how to get better at tournaments and things, I ended up doing really well in tournaments. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it turns out that really, when your friends are really good players, you can become really good players if you practice with them. So, um, that was kind of, that's kind of my story, and I became, I was on a, um, an actual, like, esports org, and we traveled around the U.S. I, we, I drove to Wisconsin, which I do not recommend at all, because I'm in, I'm in Florida. It's, it's like a 13-hour drive. Do not recommend. Yeah, that's a... Uh, and, and like, it, it, yeah. And uh, I, I drove to Pittsburgh from Florida. Also don't recommend. Uh, but, but like, a lot of these things kind of... It was just really fun to travel around and play for Yu-Gi-Oh! Play Yu-Gi-Oh! at a high level. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I've never... I collected Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, the initial first run, probably. And I was just like... I'm just collect, going to collect the cards and make Yugi's deck, and that's all I'm going to have. Like, I'm not actually going to play or anything, but like, anytime you played a, car, a card in the show, I was like, oh, I'm going to get that card. I'm going to make the, you know, make the deck, and then, you know, inevitably, it's like, yeah, the cards, you know, they keep changing. I don't think I'm ever going to have like a full actual <laughs> replica of his deck. So, you know, I, and for me, I mean, I can't. I look at the game now, and it's just the level of complaint. I mean, I know Magic is a fairly complex game. 
But I look at Yu-Gi-Oh! and I'm just like, I don't even know. You look at these text boxes, it's like, you know, size five point font and it's like these full paragraphs of stuff and I'm just like, that's a lot, man. I don't got time. Give me give me my my fr- you know, first strike, life link, all right. Two two, good to go. No, I, I I honestly think like a college professor was like, write your master's dissertation and then they just put it on a Yu Gi Oh card. That's some of them look like that, and some of the interactions. So I guess, if, so, so so someone's has pretty much ex- extensive um, experience in both. Like, what do you think is the biggest kind of difference between Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic? Either you know, from a difficulty, like our learning curve standpoint, or even in an enjoyability. Like, I've played card games that were kind of cool, but like weren't super fun. But I've ever played I played other games that were like super basic, but like a blast to play like what do you what as someone who's kind of played both like what do you what are your experience like what do you think are like the biggest difference between the two games all right let me put it this way okay have you ever played a deck in magic because i mean you've played you've played magic of course have you ever played a deck in magic that you win the game and your opponent just had no chance like no shot the entire game they were behind no way they can win ever you cast like kiora best to see god they have no out and they just scoop immediately Yes, I have. Ever happened? I have. I have. I can't say I have experienced it, and it feels good sometimes. But sometimes you feel bad for your opponent. But you know, yeah. But yeah, I right, I have, right, yeah. Yes. At the end of that game, you're like, dude, that was so fun. My deck's insane, and you just wipe your shoulder off a little bit. You're like, I'm the best player, yeah. right? And it's like you're like, this is the best deck. And then the next the next time you can just like get you just like lose super hard. But then you're always looking for that way that you can just like blow out the next opponent again, like you did before. Yeah, that's Yu Gi Oh. That's Yu Gi Oh. Um, because there's a lot of times where it's back and forth, but most of the time it's, I have this broken thing that if you don't answer me, you cannot win. And you also have that in your deck too. Uh-huh. So I have to have my force of wills in my hand because there's no mana. I have to have my force of will cards in my hand to stop you and hope that you don't have a force of will for my force of will so that you can do your combo. And then if you do your combo and I can't stop you from doing it, then I'm going to lose. Now, that can be super fun, mm. but it's just, it, they're both Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh are very fun. They're just fun in completely different ways. Yeah. And um, that's not even that's not even a, making any attestment to the learning curve. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm just talking about, like, pure fun level. Yeah. They're both fun. Uh, it's just a matter of, like, kind of what kind of fun do you want to have? Yeah. I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh has, Yu-Gi-Oh, I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh has more feels-bads but also Magic has feels bads, but they're completely different feels bads. Like, I flood it out, my opponent's playing a 1-1 every turn, but I'm drawing a land every turn, so those 1-1s are killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm drawing a land every turn, and I just, like, cannot stop drawing lands. Or you have a really powerful, like, sweeper on turn 4, and you just, like, are on 3 lands for 4 turns in a row, and your opponent's just flooding the board and killing you. And you're like, well, if I would just draw a land, I could sweep them, but that like that's kind of a feels bad, right? Yeah. They're just two different kinds of feels bads, but they're both feels bads. Um, in but in Yu-Gi-Oh, you still have the feels goods, like you just blew your opponent out. Kior, best of God, they have no chance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But in Magic, you can consider yourself like there's still those kind of games mm-hmm. where you like blow them out, they had no chance. But there's also those kind of games where like goes back and forth forever, and you make these incremental advantage plays, and like you feel like you're insane, you're amazing. And you won this game because of your brain was so much larger than your opponents, <laughs> and you feel really good. That's it feels good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like in my in my when I was developing my, in my mother's room, she drank so much milk that it made my brain so gigantic, right? <laughs> right. And you just 
and you just like you know go off on yourself about how good you are at magic and that's kind of like it feels good right mm -hmm. um so that's speaking about that it's just you know just two way really different kinds of feels goods and feels bads but <clears throat> but as far as the learning curve so so in that way my previous what i previously said they're both fun yeah in different ways um with about the learning curve I vote, there's two things I want to say about this. Number one, Yu-Gi-Oh! is much harder to get into than Magic is. Astronomically harder to get into. All you need to do in order to, to like, really sink in what I just said is go watch Day 9 play Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm -hmm. Go watch Adin play Yu-Gi-Oh! Go watch Magic streamers that, that always play Magic just try Yu-Gi-Oh! for the first time. I promise you, they will have no clue what what's going on. Yeah. The, the in order to even begin, of learning what's going on, even even um, Crawfoot, right, um, has started playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, has played Magic in the past, and even to start, even getting anything better than terrible at the game of Yu-Gi-Oh, requires so much learning of random rules and interactions and things that you probably think should never even exist. Why are all of these things in the game at one point? What's a normal summon? What's a special summon? How many times can you normal summon? What's a pendulum summon? How do you pendulum summon? What's an exceed summon? Why do they call it exceeds and not XYZ? And why is it spelled XYZ again? What's a synchro summon? What's a tuner? What's a fusion? What's a ritual? Like, you have to learn about all these things and they're all foreign all at the same time. It is absolutely so much learning that I think you just have to dedicate, like, a month or at least two weeks of just, like, Get it only playing Yu Gi Oh! Like, quit your job, quit, 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 quit your hobbies, quit what you do, quit everything you do, and just like learn Yu Gi Oh! stuff. And then you'll get it in like two weeks. Jeez. Um, yeah, like probably a lot of the things that I just mentioned, you don't know what, what they are. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. What's a link summon? What do you put in the graveyard? What do you put in face up in your extra deck? What's an extra deck? Why do you need the extra deck? What, like, it, it's just so many, so many different things. <clears throat> um, so, with that said, the barrier to entry to play Yu-Gi-Oh! is just astronomically higher than, uh, more than it is in Magic. In Magic, you can, of course, there's complicated interactions and stuff, but those are few and far between. Yeah. Because, like, you can read the word crew, too, on a vehicle, and you're like, what's a crew? Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Or you can read, you know, what's menace? What's haste? What's, you know, you can just read up all, all these keywords, and yeah, you don't know what those are, but... <clears throat> Like it doesn't take a rocket science to like learn what those are. You can learn you can learn every relevant mechanic like flying and, and vigilance and lifelink. Yeah. Some of those some of those are just, you know, intuitive, like lifelink. Yep. You suck life out and you gain the life that you do. Mm -hmm. Kinda simple. Flying, oh it like flies over the blockers. Like you can understand that. Yep. Um but if you just said link summon or pendulum summon, you have no idea at all what I'm talking about. Um nope. so not at all. Uh, I, was, I, I, I think I remember special summon. I remember there was things with their stars and something or other. And I think yeah, I, yeah, oh yeah. What are like, stars? What are stars? Are stars levels? Levels are stars. Okay, what's a rank? What's an overlay material? What's what's the exceed material? Are those even on the field anymore? What happens when? It's just so confusing. Um, but I say all that to say to say this that I've always said, and I've never heard anyone else say this, but I think it's true that magic. Is easier to get into, area entries is smaller, but it's harder to master. Mm. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh is harder to get into, but easier to master. Oh, alright, yeah. Because once you learn the interactions in Yu-Gi-Oh, and once you learn what cards do in the meta, and what, like, all the cards that people play do, you don't have to 
you really there's not really much to learn after that. Like there's some things to learn. Like of course everyone's always learning and there's you can always get better. I'm not saying that you can't. Yeah. But there's not like once you get to the level of I'm good at this game, it does take a little bit of a larger push, a, a, a big, pretty big push to get from I'm good at the game to I'm great at the game. Mm-hmm. But it's not a nearly as big of a gap to I'm I'm okay at the game to like I'm great at the game as it is in Magic. That gap in Magic is really large. That's like I like. All right, we are back. Had a little technical difficulties there, but you know, if it it's not technology, if it's not causing you a headache. Um, so my question was for you uh, after playing the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, Master Duels program and then like Magic Arena. What are like you know, someone who's kind of familiar with both games and who plays a lot of Arena? Like, what did you think of the the actual client on the Yu-Gi-Oh side? And do you think there's maybe stuff that Arena could like? learn from or implement on their side or maybe you know stuff that arena does better I'm just kind of curious like what as someone who's who's played i'd say high level um in both of those games and especially online like what do you what do you think of the two clients i i think the the two clients do a lot of things right i mean i i also do think that the you know clients do some things uh you know wrong too or um but one thing that i can point to is spectator mode for sure like, yeah. the fact that Magic Green doesn't have a spectator mode yet is, like, interesting to, sit, to like, put it very, you know, nicely. Yeah. Um, the fact that we have to, like, gather people up into a Discord to share their screens in Discord channels uh, still, being a tournament organizer, because I organize tournaments as well. I do a tournament called Stream League uh, every month. We're going on our ninth one coming up in a few days. Oh, wow. But uh, where we do a 32-player tournament where a bunch of streamers come in and play against each other, which is really a really fun time. But the, the fact that I can't just go to the arena client and go to spectator mode and watch the matches in spectator mode is crazy. Um, if we if we had a spectator mode in arena, we would be able to watch the or watch the match from both players' perspectives fairly easily instead of having to have a a, a multiple discords, multiple IPs setup um, with with different with like different computers in different rooms. Like the you have you have to do so many things to get two instances of discord to show up on a stream at the same time mm-hmm. and you can't do that you can't really do that like it, with a with a spectator mode it's just much much easier and also not only not only is it easier to run tournaments but it's easier to cuz in the in the in the uh mass in the master duel client you can just go into uh in the client and just like spectate a duel at, like you didn't originally seek out search out okay right so you can you can spectate you know whatever basically you wanted like you can watch replays essentially is that kind of yeah well that too so how how valuable would it be like in real time to be able to watch if the number one mythic player was playing and wasn't a streamer Mm. how valuable it would valuable would it be to just watch that person play their deck Mm, people would want to do that right Yep. How valuable would it be to like find the highest rank person playing your, you know, Jun deck on ladder? How how valuable would it be for you to just like sit down and watch that? Yeah. Um and that's what you can do in the you in the Master Duel, um, that you can't do in on Arena. Um and then also in on Arena there's and this is just more towards the economy, but the the dusting mechanic. Yeah. In 
Master Duel to where, like, I, I currently, right now, I think I have 16 copies of Duress yeah. on Arena. Yeah. And I don't want more Duresses. I, I trust me, I don't. Like, if, if I could give up 12 of those Duresses and get, like, one other common or, like, yeah. anything like that, like, I would definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely things that could be, that is, like, left to be desired for both of both of the uh, clients, but... You know, they're, they're both they're both really good. Like, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't even be a streamer, I don't think, if Arena didn't exist. So Arena's given me the platform that has allowed me to quit my job and, and create content full time. So, yeah. like, I I can't I can't even really like I I have a, a appreciation for Arena being able to even exist in the first place. Yeah. Although it does have those like problems that I think could be addressed. Yeah, the I think one of the biggest um, requests or complaints maybe some people have had for Arena is the spectator mode, especially considering how Wizards pitched Arena as like the future of pro game, you know, pro Magic play in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, pro Magic play has had its own evolution uh, recently, but uh, the fact that like. Arena was supposed to be like the avenue for 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 pet for for, uh, for professional. I can speak articulate professional play. So it's 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 amazing that they have not that was not a, a launch feature, you know. Um, and I and to your point, you know, I see. I'm sure you know with uh, your uh, stream league or you know with like uh, I know we both watch uh, Jeff Hoogling a lot and like the Hooglandia Open. Just trying to like coordinate Discord and streaming. It, it seems like like such an unnecessary step that should have been addressed fairly early in the lifespan of of, of Arena. Um, so maybe I mean hopefully hopefully that is something on the radar. It's it's you know it's, who knows what what their what their plans are for that for that program. But uh, and yeah the the economy part yeah I, I feel you with the um, twelve copies of Duress. Uh, you know, just reprints of cards and different, different sets, and it's I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for that. You know, I I don't know if it's simply a matter of making the vault open faster and have more stuff in it. I don't know if it's a dusting system. Um, I'm sure, like most things, there's a uh, there's it's probably some combination of a few things. But uh, it's yeah, it's weird. It's it's you know, it's definitely not a perfect program. But to your point, like, I know it's one of the big reasons I started playing Magic again, because I don't have a lot of people I can play with locally. I really don't have anyone I can play with locally. So to be able to play Magic in some form um, has been great. So that's, it's definitely, you know, um, what's, to quote Seal, every rose has its thorns. So you got to take, <laughs> you got to take what you can get. Um, so talk to me about these, uh, these tournaments you're in, your, your stream league. What's, uh you hosted did you do by yourself like let's talk to me about that that sounds really cool yeah it, it's i'll take you i'll take you right back to the beginning i right. started out with uh, I, I used to watch mythic mythic matt a lot okay uh, i don't think he streams as much anymore um but uh he's a teacher has a lot on his plate but um he's a super nice guy and uh i it started out with me just asking for a collab i was like i watch you all the time I and mean, we're both streamers i've seen you watch me before you're in my chat too so why don't we do something together and he was like, cool, yeah, what do you want to do? I was like, what if we just, like, 
do a streamer battle, like where I play against you and it's cool, it's fun for our people that watch us both. And he was like, yeah, it sounds fun. And I was like, thinking about it, and I was like, wait, what if we just did it for like a lot of streamers? Or like, you know, have a tournament with like a bunch of streamers. I don't see that, no, no one's doing that, so like, why don't I do that? Yeah. And then, and then he and he was working with me on that for a while. He made it. He made the original promo video for it and everything. I don't even think I have it anymore, but I could. It'd be, it'd be cool to, to like see that brought up again. No. But um, <clears throat> and I wasn't even doing it on MTG mail on MTG melee. I don't believe at the time. I did it on just some you know jank uh, tournament bracket software thing, and uh, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. But the first one we we did, and he won the whole thing. And then afterwards, I, I kept wanting to improve on it and make it better and better. And all of a sudden, we got the tournament got sponsored by Cool Stuff Inc. Yeah, that's uh, cool. .com, yeah. which was really cool. Um, and cool stuff, if cool stuff is my LGS, so I was like, well, you many people in your store probably already know me, and I would love to work with you guys. Uh, here's my Twitch numbers and stuff, and and uh, would you like to sponsor this tournament, kind of thing. And then uh, they said yes, thankfully, and. Uh, they were able to to provide a lot of the price support, and uh, that's how we can get a thousand dollars of of price support because uh, that's a coolstuffinc.com store credit, which you can basically just get anything from you know, cards or whatever. But um, but that kind of allowed it to be you know what I want it to be. Like I want it to be big. I want it to be like important. I want like people to watch it and be like, oh my gosh, these streamers playing against this streamer. I've always wanted to know what it was like to have uh, to have you know Veggie Wagon play against Talia Vess. Right yeah. or I I God, God I kind of it would be so cool if I got to watch like Zan Syed play against Seth Manfield. Yeah, you know it, it's just like these these things that you kind of like don't really get unless you watch a pro tour or you watch like a Mythic Invitational, where yeah. you can watch where you can watch Gabe Nassif play against, you know, whatever name name your top player Seth Manfield right. Yeah. Um. So like what like what I was like thinking to myself man I want it to be like big I want it to be like that right. So, so, um, I got, so I was like thinking about it, man. I was like, who's going to, I want this to be like a, I want this to be commentated too. I want it to be like important on MTG Melee. So, um, I, we posted the first one on MTG Melee and I was like, well, I want commentary too. So we weren't able to do the commentary on the entire thing. Cause I only had one monitor at the time. Uh-huh. I, I, I had one monitor all the way up until I hit partner. On Twitch. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, it was only until we wanted to expand the tournaments out that I was like, okay, well, I need another monitor for like to run the tournament on Discord. <laughs> so yeah. that was the main reason. If, if I was, I don't think if I was running tournaments, I I still believe wholeheartedly that I have one monitor. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I have like three monitors set up sometimes, and sometimes it's too much monitor. I'm like, I got a thing here, I got a thing here. I got a thing here. I'm like, where do I? What am I looking at? All right, I'm trying to find. You're, the, you're, you're, I lose like, the. I lose the mouse. I'm like, where the hell's my mouse arrow, man? Like, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, where where did I save this page again? And all of a sudden, you saved it in your phone. It's like a fourth monitor. Yeah. It's, but yeah. um. <laughs> Don't oh, that's that, tab, that random tab on my phone. That's what I needed. And you were looking yeah. for like 30 minutes on your computer. Yeah. But um. Anyway, so I was like, who can who can we get to do these tournaments? So I was, so I was like, I knew that I was a part of uh, Fade to Karma, uh, Comnet back then, and I know Zabricus was a pretty cool. Um, not only really cool, but like a major part of it. So mm-hmm. I was like, and we've interacted before on Twitch. So I, uh, I contacted Zabricus and was like, would you help commentate my tournament? It's only the finals. I was like, I'm only commentating the finals because I only have one monitor. Uh-huh. Um, and he, and and uh, she agreed to that, which is really cool. And yeah. in Stream League Three, I was like, I want to up it. Uh, I want to up it even more. So we got Zabricus to do it again for the first half of the tournament. We got CGB Covert Go Blue to commentate the other half. 
Um, and then it, it kind of, you know, evolved from there to where, you know, I paid the commentators out of my own money and I was happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, and then, that's awesome. And then, um, I, we, I contacted, contacted cool stuff. And since cool stuff sponsors other creators like, um, Jim Davis and different creators like Ali Eldrazi and Covert Dope Loop, people like that. I was like, well, um, if I, if I get a cool stuff, com creator, that's also, um, is very invested in, into the, you know, competitive gaming world and, and tournaments and things. That'd be awesome. So, uh, I contacted Jim Davis and he was, he was down and he's been commentating the tournaments with me ever since. So he's done stream league four, five, six, seven, and eight. So five in a row. Wow. And then he will be back for stream league nine on the sixth, um, which is really, really cool. Some amazing players have won some unexpected games, some amazing matches, different formats. We did an Alchemy one, standard, a couple of historic ones. Um, we do all the formats on Arena. Um, and then this next one is standard. But we've had players like Elliot Dragon win, um, French player. All we've right. had players like, we've had um, Sphimex NMTG from, uh, also from Europe that has won a stream league. That's awesome. Um, and, and people like Seth Manfield and things have played and they haven't won yet. So there's some competition out there. And yeah. it's just really cool to, to see Polyvest got third place before. And I'm just thinking of these off the top of my head that yeah. uh, from just remembering things that I've covered before in the past, that it's just a really fun uh, uh, fun experience. And even, even if it's not like the most competitive thing ever, like, you know, Seth Manfield hasn't won yet and he's played in a couple of them. Yeah. Right. So like mm -hmm. it can't, it can't be, it can't be like the least competitive thing in the world. And it's, it's just, it's just really fun, a fun experience to be a part of. And I just love putting them on. And, um, this actually recently we've been partnering with, with, uh, MTG Melee to be able to give out mythic invitational qualifier invites. So we're going to be, oh, we, wow. um, we gave out invites for this past month, a couple months ago, and then we'll be giving out invites for this next one on the sixth as well. Um, what was it? I think, I believe, it, I believe it's April mythic invitational qualifier invites and, um, you know, three, six, nine, twelve, um, like eighteen thousand uh, arena gems as well being given out th throughout the tournaments as well. So it's a, so it's it's definitely grown a, ro a lot from the janky, um, the, the the janky tournament with no no prize support at all besides the fifty dollars out of my pocket, yeah, and no commentators, no coverage at all to what it is now is just so amazing. And I've always wanted it to grow it incrementally ever since. So. This is where we're where we are now, and I'm really excited to have these tournaments. That's awesome, man! Like it's not only is it cool that you take you know time out of your your life, right? Because this is you probably do these on the weekend. I'm assuming, and that when probably most people are available. Um, yeah, I usually have them on Sundays. Yeah, so you're you're already you know you're taking a Sunday off to put these tournaments on, and the fact that you've seen it evolve into like you know from kind of just like this basic sort of setup to like seeing the progression to where you're at now. I think like that kind of stuff I love to see. I love to see creators like have an idea and be able to kind of like push it in a direction and to see it succeed. And uh, doesn't honestly knowing you doesn't surprise me that you're doing so well. Like <laughs> I, it's, I'm, it's I'm, I'm like oh yeah, that sounds about right. Like I'm sure James has got that on lockdown now. So that's that's great. I'll have to I uh, I'll have to check one of those out sometime. That's that's pretty cool. Like I'm glad to hear that's going so well for you. And I think that's I think that's part of the. You know, there's a lot you can say about like, the magic community. Some good, some bad. But it's this these sort of things that like these community events that kind of get put on. I think which really makes it special and like makes it uh, a more enjoyable kind of place to be. And it's what's you know kind of brought me back and has made me interested in kind of like getting involved with the, com the community in whatever small ways I can. So, well, that's cool, right. man. That's that's you it know. 
Yeah, like being able to just like do do the tournaments as like a big collaborative effort too. Like one of the other reasons why I wanted to do these tournaments is, what if someone's like really really good at Magic, but nobody knows them because they have like one or two average viewers on Twitch. Like yeah, when you have that low of viewers, like nobody really is coming to find you. Yeah, and if you don't create content on like YouTube or TikTok or anything like that, or even post on Twitter, um, like no one's coming to find you. Like it's it's a sad reality, but like. The one and two viewers could be you and then your phone, like your like, like your own phone. Like it's it's actually just crazy the amount of like the the non discoverability that that Twitch has right now, and I, and hopefully that changes in the future. But um, one of the things is, what if you're really good at magic and you have one or two viewers and you're just like trying to break through? Maybe you have five or ten viewers and you're like you really want people to know who you are because you're good at magic and you're a really fun person, you're a good personality. And what if you could enter this tournament? That's with all these other really big uh, content creators that are, I mean, either they're bigger than you, that you can kind of get your name out there and maybe people come to see you and now you're in top eight and I'm covering your top eight with me and Jim Davis in my stream league and now people love your deck and they love watching you and I say, well, they're actually live right now, like they're streaming this and then they go yeah. over there and watch them and now they love them. And so that's another dis a way of discoverability for smaller streamers that I love and that one of the things that I, that I have been passionate about this whole time. And that's just one of the reasons. That's just one of the reasons why I love doing doing this as well. And I'm telling you this for you're one of the first people that know about this. And you know, cats out of the bag. You know, when people hear about this um, interview here, but uh, it's been 32 players ever since the original one. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking to do a 64 and 128 stream league open. Wow, that is huge. That is huge. I like to say that that'll make waves across the Magic community, but. I'm sure the six people who watch this who are all pretty much my friends and probably you may not get out super fast, but I will help you promote it as much <laughs> as I can. I will make sure I retweet and like every tweet that you put out associated with your stream link. That is <laughs> my contribution that I can do in my small, small way. Um, yeah, that's that's cool, man. So it's okay. So that's that leads me. So I want to kind of step back a little bit because I think about that is um, – so we met at MTG, MTG Vegas, uh, and for me, the, that Vegas was like such a wild time. Like, I was trying to get out there. So I live in Southern California. So for me, I drove out. I'm close enough to Vegas where I can drive, and I'm like, man, like I'm kind of was starting to, you know, do some stuff on TikTok with my my magic. My I, I just do magic haikus. That's literally all I do on 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 TikTok. And then I kind of started talking with Veggie over Twitter and we kind of whatever. And like, I know he was going and I'm like, man, there's so many people. Are, I, I think for a lot of people, it was kind of, it was the post like Delta pre Omicron COVID lull where there was that kind of dip or things were kind of starting to feel pretty good. So I think a lot of people were like, yeah, we're all going to go to this event. So I was, you know, I was like, man, I want to go and see like who I can meet. So I went out there, and I went out with a friend who has nothing to do, doesn't play Magic, doesn't whatever. He was just going to go. I just, so I didn't go by myself. He basically stayed in the room the whole time and worked, and we, we hung out after, after the show. But just going and uh, meeting you and Veggie was like, as someone who is super shy, like for the most part, how, for how like welcoming you guys were was like, it made that experience well worth the 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 stress of like getting there and getting out there because um, you guys were just immediately like super friendly and we got to talk in and like 
in my head, I had to laugh because I was just like, I feel like we had this unspoken um, thing where whoever was tweeting anything about the show, we all were like liking and retweeting it. It's like, yeah, we gotta, <laughs> we're all going to support each other right now and get, you know, pushing out like whatever we can in terms of um, promoting each other's content. Uh, it, was, it was you guys and uh, Lord Kaiju. I feel like that was kind of a little for, for some group of people I met that I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, this is a cool, cool group of people I got to meet and hang out with. And um, amongst like walking around uh, and talking to people and, and taking photos and, and getting autographs and stuff, uh, but I wanted to kind of talk about it because you are, uh, I believe, you're a part of Degen Gaming, Degenerate Gaming, correct? Yes, yes, Degenerate and, Gaming. Yeah, and I kind of uh, was that kind of the first meetup you guys all got to have, like in person. Yes. Yeah. So I think for you guys, that was probably pretty cool that you had the chance to kind of meet all these people. Um, and I guess I guess I just wanted to kind of talk about like what your experience has been with this with this uh, sh- uh, what would you call like a stream team gaming team I don't even know what the, what the term is uh, uh, esports org esports there you go esports org that makes sense uh, so yeah so what like what what it, what is it like being on a like an esports team like what what it, what do you guys like to do like what is you know I guess your your kind of goal or like what what are your thoughts on like on on that team oh my gosh where do I, where do I start I mean <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's like the most like tight knit group of people that I think I've ever been a part of. Like oh, everyone's awesome. hyping everybody. Everyone's hyping everybody up. Like there's no, there's no um like entitlement anywhere. There's no like you know I'm better than you or it's it's all like let's help each other. Mm-hmm. We're like we're always in there all the time talking about like how do I improve this? Would you like to join my thing? I'll join your thing. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. Let's, let's build a deck for MTG nerd girl. Let's, let's uh, like we like crowdfund contribute. Like I, I just actually just spent um, uh, $10 to give somebody to, uh, to like add a card to MTG nerd girls, future commander deck that we're going to be getting for her. Nice. Um, so it, it, it's like it, in that aspect, it's just so cool to be a part of something like that. And, and I've always been, an advocate for, you know, creators collabing together, doing things together, um, strengthening the community. Um, and uh, I always want to be like a voice of positivity rather than negativity. Um, so that that's that's amazing. Not, I mean, not not only that, you know, it's an opportunity to grow your brand and collaborate. And, um, and there are a lot of streamers that have been in DGen gaming have like seen some growth from a part of the team and you're affiliated with huge streamers like Ali Eldrazi and Covert Go Blue and MTG Nerd Girl and mm-hmm. um and, and people like that and I can just think of myself like just starting streaming when I had like five or ten viewers and I was like I remember when I had eight when I had seven viewers and I was like come on chat like let's get to ten like let's freaking go we got this yeah. and and I, as soon as I said that like 30 seconds later we hit 11 and I was like oh my god like if I can get to 11 I can get to 1100 Right. Yeah. And it's just like, that's, that's like, the right attitude. Yeah. If those, if those, like, it's just like those little, like, you know, kind of like confidence boosts when it comes to being a part of a team like that, that's just so invaluable. And it, if I was thinking about quitting streaming, like, you know, next month, I wouldn't because of this group, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously I'm not going to like, I'm, I'm, I'm full time now. I don't want to go back to a job ever again in my life. I, I don't want to be a server at a restaurant ever again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, rough times. Right, rough times, yeah. But uh, just as, as not not even not even like considering like the, you know money or esports orgs or sponsorships or like anything like that, like DJ gaming just as a group of people is 
Like a lot, a lot of times you can you can get caught up in numbers and and you know, like kind of lose sight of, of, you know that these are actual people. You know. Yeah. And they're just awesome people. Yeah, that's cool, man. Like I, that's probably why I think you and I kind of hit it off too, because I think we have a very similar mindset in terms of like building like building people up, like building a better community. Like that's for me kind of the focus of my kind of goal with this show is to highlight people in the community, like just promote a better community. Because um, it's really easy. I mean, it's really easy to gatekeep a lot of stuff, and it's there's really no net. There's no need. There's enough room for everybody, right? There's there's enough, you know, views and people to kind of go around, and being able to to what's what's the term? Uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, and I think that's a very good mindset to have as a creator. Because uh, it's very easy to to get jealous or discouraged when like you you think you're working hard or you think you see someone who is doing well that maybe you, you think you should be doing better than them. And I think those sort of attitudes um, detract from a person's ability to, to do better work, you know? So it's, it's great to hear, you know, what you guys are trying to do and how you guys build each other up and, you know, your support for each other in the community. Um, I think that's awesome. And that's, that's, I think that's, we need, not that it's not out there, but I think that's the kind of stuff we need to hear more about um, when it comes to, you know, magic and, and any, any video games or anything, really, you know, anything in life, so. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll actually add one more thing to that. When you said Rising Tide Raises All Ships, um, it's, it's crazy <clears throat> when you said that. When I was, when I had only started streaming for about, like, two, two three, four months, mm-hmm. when I was, you know, the baby in the industry, I still kind of am a baby, but um, back then, I wanted to start a, a podcast, and I was, you know, of course, as I am today, really into, into like, smaller streamers being able to get discovered and getting their personalities out there and, you know, the whole thing I was already talking about. <clears throat> so I, cre- I wanted my podcast to be named Rising Tide, and it was called Rising Tide. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually interviewed, just like this, about four people for mm-hmm. Rising Tide. That's right. And we talked. We talked about this a little bit. I think I, I watched a few of them. Um, you told me about it back at, at Vegas, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I actually had them uploaded to YouTube, but they're they're unlisted. Like they're they're not actually on my YouTube. Oh really? Um, um, and then I decided that I wanted to make it a little bit of like a broader a broader spectrum of just like streamers in general. So I decided to call it Streamcast. So I, ha- I still have the Streamcast podcast to this day, and I'm rebooting it up um, soon. And we do a podcast of not just one guest, uh, like we're doing right now, but yep. we do a podcast of multiple guests at a time. So we've we've had a we've had a, a historic state of the game podcast that is on my YouTube channel called What Is Historic, and that's with um, Gavin Bennett, Jeff Hoagland, Chris Patello, Zan Syed, and uh, and me, and awesome. and also uh, Striderstone was on there as well. So it's um we we we've, we've done those we've done um. We've done a, a, you know, of course, not not together anymore, but we did a Fade the Karma co- uh, podcast episode with a bunch of those people. And the whole mindset is getting people together, creating a positive experience for the magic community, just like you're doing. And I'm really happy that you're doing this because um, I think I think magic needs something like this. It really does. That makes me I'm glad to hear that. Like, I, I like I'm hoping that. If you know, if if one or two people can enjoy this, uh, then my my job is my job is done. I 
because I, you know, I, I wouldn't this not, like I, I'm never gonna be like a full time content creator, but I do enjoy making content if that makes sense. So um, I'm glad to hear that you think this is worthwhile because uh, I'm, I'm really glad you're on. And it makes, it makes, I'm, I'm blushing a little bit. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I do think I do think it's worthwhile for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> very cool. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about your streaming career. Uh, let's streaming career. Let's talk about going full time. So. Uh, were you, when you started streaming, like, did you ever think or did you ever want it to be your full-time job? Was that, like, what got you into streaming? Like, you're like, oh, I can do this. Like, I see people doing it full-time. Like, was that a goal? Or did you start streaming because, you know, you like playing games and then you're just like, figure why not? Or, you know, were you like me in the middle of the pandemic who started streaming, riding an exercise bike because he was bored and was like, let's do something, whatever, like, like what, so what was your, what was your thought process when you, when you first started streaming and like was full-time, uh, a goal? Yeah. Ever since day one of my streaming career, I said, I wanted to do this full-time. Unironically, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, day one, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then ever since day one, I, I've streamed at least five days a week ever since I started. And that was August 20th of 2020. Wow! Like wow. I, I, almost two years ago, I guess I guess a year and a half ago at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, I started off with just that mindset of I'm gonna win, I'm gonna do this. If if Jeff if Jeff Hoagland can support his family doing this and making a YouTube channel, if Jim Davis can do this, if Crokies can do this, if Alias V can do this, if DZ can do this, like if all of these different people that I that I had been watching can do this, yep. then I can do it. And I just always had that mindset. Like I just told you a minute ago, if I can get 11 viewers, I can get 1,100. So I told myself, I, this is back when we were talking about Tron, right? When I was like, I want to build this Tron deck. Right right before I built it, I watched every single one of Jeff Hoagland's videos playing Tron. Um, and, and they were all on YouTube. And, I, and my, my little brother at the time had been just watching Twitch. And I didn't even know what Twitch was. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, what's this Twitch thing? And I, I looked at Twitch, and I looked at the Magic the Gathering, Gathering category, and there you go. Jeff Holden was streaming Twitch. And I was like, oh, you mean this Tron guy that I watched on YouTube is also streaming? Yeah. And so I watched him. I, so I saw him, and I was like, oh, this content's cool. I want to continue watching it. And then I watched Crokies and all these other people, right? And I was like, well, I mean, if they can do it, it seems super fun. Like, wake up, play Magic, stop, end stream, make YouTube video, hang out with your family, do whatever you want, go to sleep, rinse, repeat. I want to do that. Like, it's just like a just dream pipe dream, right? <laughs> like, yeah. somewhere out in the universe, maybe I could do that <laughs> some, at some point. Yeah. So, but but I, I've always had the mindset of, like, I want to do this. I'm going to do it. So one day, one day I was, I, I got, one day I was like, I'm going to get a computer, but, like, just to play arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, maybe I'll stream off this computer once I move out of my mom's house. Like, again. So I moved out of my mom's house again, and I moved my computer out, and I was like, I have this computer... I'm not in my mom's house anymore. It was like literally a week after I after I moved um, to the new to the new place after, out of my mom's house. I was like, I'm gonna stream. So you know what I did is I turned on OBS, and I booted up the game, and I learned a very minimal a bit at all about how streaming worked, and I yeah. just pressed record. And guess what happened on my first stream? Nobody could hear me because I didn't have a mic set up. No one could see me because I didn't have a webcam set up. And and the only thing they could see was a muted version of me playing Arena and only Arena. And I was like, wait, so you mean I have to learn graphic design? You mean I have to learn, like, advertising? You mean I have to learn, like, all these different things I never thought I'd have to learn? And I was like, well, I want to make this my career since day one. So day two, I had a, I had a, a mic. 
And I, I used my microphone from my stay-at-home job at the time. I just, like, took the headset from the job, and I just <laughs> plugged it into the other computer. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just, I just did that for, like, the longest time until Christmas rolled around, and my and my uh, sister graciously bought me a microphone to use, and I still use the same microphone to this day. Awesome. And I, uh, so the, sec- the second day, I was using a, the, my microphone from my work. On the third day, I had panels. On the fourth day, I had, you know, intro screen. On the fifth day, I finally got my webcam in. Or no, 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 no. On the fi- on the fifth day, I had I had like you know emotes in mind that I wanted to get because I wasn't affiliate yet. I can't really have like emotes and subs and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I like I incrementally increased something yeah. every every single day. Uh, and then on the seventh day, I hit affiliate because wow. it, it, that's the shortest amount of time you can hit it is a, is a week. So when that week hit, I hit affiliate. Um, and I think I averaged like 4.6 viewers or something like that. And, um, and you know what, when my, when my webcam came in the mail, the eighth day, like on my first affiliate stream, I had a webcam. Nice. Uh, so I, I, I can say that I made affiliate without a webcam. And a lot, a lot of people do this. A lot of people do that. Like I know those amazing, amazing creators like Adam, the ant plays that is an ant on screen yeah. and things like that. Or people that don't use any any um, any camera whatsoever. Yeah. Like uh, I know that Mistman has hundreds and hundreds of viewers with no camera. Yeah. He just that. recently. He, he, yeah. he popped in my head too. Yeah. He was uh, he was cameraless for a long time. Very very long years, right? Yeah. Like, at least a couple of years. Yeah. And he had no camera, and uh, and by all means you can do that. But like I wanted to have a camera, and I made a flight without a camera, and finally my camera came in. Yeah. So like, I I just like pride myself on like getting better at like one thing every single day. Yeah. That's good. So, like, I think that speaks a lot to uh, the mindset of what it takes to become a streamer because I think a lot of people um, look at streamers and just go, oh, yeah, I could do that. Like, that's easy. Like, you just play video games all day. Like, that's that's e- that's simple. Like, I do that anyways, you know. <laughs> but um, the, the dedication to stream, but not only stream, but you have to stream consistently. You have to, like, as you alluded to, you have to become a graphic designer. You have to learn... Uh, some videography, you have to learn some, uh, you know, audio engineering. Uh, there's a lot that goes behind, you know, goes on behind the scenes that I don't think people realize. Like the, the, to to do this long term, uh, takes a lot of back end work. And even then, you're not necessarily guaranteed that you're going to hit and get any sort of following, right? So uh, that kind of actually leads into my, my follow up question as, um, like. As someone who has streamed for a while, like what would you say, uh, you know, are some consideration or like what plan and planning do you think is most important? Say, who's who's someone who maybe want to get wants to get into streaming a little more seriously, or you know, eventually make it their full time. Like, do you have like, what what sort of advice do you think you might have for for people looking to kind of try to make the same leap that you've made? Don't always don't try to don't think that you're gonna grow just by how long you stream on Twitch. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's I would not even not even thought about that. And I can I can explain a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, uh, if you if you have like five viewers and you it doesn't matter. I don't care if you stream for four hours, ten hours, twenty four hour streams. You're not you're you're not gonna grow as fast as you would grow if you made content in other places. TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah. Be somewhere 
it's not on Twitch for people to learn who you are, because in those places you're going to get discovered. Mm-hmm. If you have you know one two three four five viewers, chances are people probably aren't going to know who you are or see you ever. Yep. Um, and that's that's one of the things that I was talking about before, and and the reason why I want to give people opportunities to play in my tournaments and things like that that are streamers to get kind of get their name out there. But um, those are the kind of things you want to do, like. Mm-hmm. Be on, be on a podcast. Be like play in that tournament. Do things to help get your name out there that aren't actually streaming. You, I would actually recommend like if you stream every single day and you're like, why am I not growing? I'd recommend shaving three of those days off. Like stream four days and use those other three days to just post things everywhere else. Mm. Cut cut up your streams into really funny clips and post them on TikTok. Yeah. Um, cut cut up your matches and into and learn how to make a YouTube thumbnail and post them on YouTube. Um, you can, you can, um, talk about your matches and things like that on Twitter. You can talk about how you went one in 17 with this really bad version of a deck, but you think it's funny and post it on Twitter or you went, maybe you went 17 and one and fire shoes is retweeting it. Um, like, you know, it's just those different things. I remember the, the original thing where I went, when I was like around like the 10 to 15, 20, 25 viewer mark Mm -hmm. and what kind of let people know about me was. I was doing really, really well with a Boros midrange deck uh, on on Twitch, and you know, a lot people already like kind of like already knew me like at the time a little bit. But what really propelled me is you know posting something about it on Twitter, and then it was my first time I, I think I ever hit some hit a post on Twitter that hit over a hundred likes, yeah. um, and people like loved watching my Boros midrange. They came over from from Twitter and watched me play, and that was the first time I ever hit like two hundred viewers on Twitch was people watching me play Boros Midrange. And there was there was another deck that I really liked to play, which was a like a four color, like broken Omnath. Um uh four 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 color um uh bone four color adventures deck that won the game with like flinging your huge bone uh, your huge like beanstalk giant at your opponent. Yeah okay and stuff like that. Classic. Uh, I don't know if you remember that you remember that? yeah cla- yeah classic classic. So like I got like really good at that and I made an article for MTG MTG Arena Zone because they saw me from Twitter. Oh, wow. So that's that's like another thing where, you know, you don't have to just make video content on TikTok or YouTube. You can just like be active on Twitter, be active in other people's communities, be active in other people's discords. And actually, one one of the things that I did that kind of you know got my name out there, not not like really on purpose, but I got a raid on my third ever stream from Chris Kavartek. Oh, wow. And uh, and he was streaming at the time with like a couple hundred viewers. And I didn't go into his stream with any, you know, ulterior motive of, like, wanting him to raid me or whatever. By the way, if you're a streamer, this is a tangent, but don't ask other streamers for raids. Don't, don't like, go in there and tell them that you're a streamer. Like, that is not what you do. Like, please don't do that. It's really cringe, and it'll just make the streamer, like, if they're, if you caught them on the, on the wrong day, they'll just, like, ban you on the spot. Mm-hmm. They could, like, block you. Because it's just, it's just, like, not a good look. Yeah, and and take it from me because like I did that once and I felt really bad uh, afterwards when they were like, "Yeah, why is this person like promoting in like your chat?" Like the people that are watching that streamer are watching them because they want to be there watching that streamer, not because they want to watch a different streamer that posted their streamer link in the chat. Yeah, um, that looks like really needy and desperate. Like you don't want that vibe, right? Not at all. Um, so I I was just in his chat and. I was just talking about his gameplay, talking about some of his card choices, and I just like I, I recognized him from one of the either Pro Tours or Mythic Invitational championships that went on, and he either won it or got second place. I'm like, maybe he won it. I I, I forgot what it, he did. He went really far, 
regardless. In the tournament, I was like, wow, you're the person that made it really far and uh, off. And he, I remember he was one of the fir- one of the only people that had made it that far into the tournament by like only qualifying from arena. Oh, you know how Arena had those like qualifiers where like yeah. if you won out on day one or like when won out on day two, then you like made it into the MIQ or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Invitational. And uh, so he was one of the only people that had that had done that. And so it was like really cool, had a really awesome story, and I remembered him from that. Um so I was talking to him, it wasn't even for that long, for like half an hour maybe. And then uh, I didn't tell him goodbye, off to go stream now. <laughs> yeah. Cross your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was I was just like, have a nice day. And then the reason why he said he rated me was because I was a uh, I was a positive vibe in his chat, and he liked the conversation that we had. So he decided to rate me when he found out that I was streaming, and um, he didn't even really know I was a streamer until he recognized the name talking in his chat with when he was scrolling down the magic category looking for someone to raid. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's you don't want to go into the situation looking for that, but it's 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 a it's more of like a um like a like a like a, a community involvement thing. Like if you're a big community and you give out to the community, then the community is just going to circle back towards you. It, it maybe not in a raid or maybe not in like a huge retweet fiesta on Twitter, mm-hmm. but like it's all going to come back to you in a positive way. If you give out positive from yourself. Yeah. Uh, so I, that that's the, that's the biggest thing that I can say. Number one, be a positive influence in the, in the, in the magic community. Or any community that you're in, you could be you could be listening to this and you're playing League of Legends or, Le- or 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 you know Legends of Zelda or Valorant or whatever. Yeah. If you're just a positive person in your community and in people's discords, people learn to you know know who you are and like you. And then one and then you start streaming and people want to watch you because you're that person from this one person's chat that I know of and I've talked to in chat like every single day for the past month and a half. Mm-hmm. I'll come watch your stream because I know who you are. Yeah. A really good example of that is someone named the Nimble Sloth. In my in my chat, he's been hanging out for a month or two, and um, he uh, I guess I th- I think I inspired him to start streaming because he started uh, he I believe he either uh, number one told me that or number <laughs> and, and number two um, he said he was like was planning on streaming anyways, so he he was a, a very positive influence in my chat, um, always always very helpful, insightful, participated in all the things that we were doing uh, on stream. Uh, he would like vote towards like what he thought I would pull out of a pack because we do pack wars on my stream. Yeah, no, I've uh, yeah, seen those. Always fun. You seen those? Okay. Yeah. So he participated in that. And he would like there was this thing where he like always win it no matter what he picked. Like he would pick. We would do like an even or odd mana value. Like what's this card gonna be? And he would pick it right every single time. And like the chat was like rioting. Like why are you always right? Can you lose for once? So like <laughs> he's just like a, a really fun part of the community. So when he started streaming, I rated him. Yeah. Because he was, he's a great part of my a person in my community. Um, not, not because he, he never, ever once said that he was going to go be a streamer or never, ever once said that, please raid me, uh, or, or anything like that. Like, yeah, after a month and a half of him being in my stream, he was like, man, like, I remember he, him chatting like one time he was like, man, watching you stream really makes me want to stream. So that when, like, when I saw him stream, I was like, yo, nibble sloth's live right now. Yeah. Right. Let's go raid him. Let's, let's go. And then now one of the mods in my channel, uh, Nuno, is now a mod in his channel and watches him all the time, and he's he's still he's slowly growing. I remember he hit affiliate in a week just like I did, and has thirteen viewers now. That's great. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. Yep. So it's it's amazing what positive vibes will do. You know, put in what you get out, sort of thing. So that's I mean that's cool. Like that's that's great to hear. Uh, it's great to see. I mean, it's cool because like you have now built yourself a small community of like 
it's 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 the one James tree, right? Now you have Nimblespoth that's kind of like a branch of like your in some small way, like you've inspired him um, to do better. And you know, hopefully he you know he finds success, and then maybe someday someone watching him will will do the same thing. And you just it's this positive flow that kind of goes out, which is which I think is that's awesome to hear. Um, and you know what? I I think your advice to to people like not just focusing on Twitch, like you got to get out there and you know get on YouTube, get on TikTok, get on Instagram, like. That's actually a very insightful um, sort of take in terms of like building a brand and, and, and getting yourself out there because there are a lot of avenues, you know, of people out there who play magic. You know, I go on, uh, you look at MTG TikTok and like there's people on there who've got thousands of viewers who maybe don't have a bunch of, who have not yet made the transition maybe to Twitch if that's what they want to do or not. But like there's, there's so many people out there, like it makes sense to try to capitalize and as many avenues as you can if you are trying to kind of build yourself up and build that name recognition um, uh, for yourself so that's right. like, uh, i mean yeah. i can name i can name two people right now that like uh, that are, are huge on tiktok in magic but just don't really stream on twitch for the most for like they stream on twitch some but not for the most part but like if, if you want a, a career on twitch like mm -hmm. and you also had a tiktok you're not you're not hurting yourself. You're helping yourself a lot. There are some people that are very very popular in, on Twitter and TikTok that don't even stream on Twitch. Yep. I can name two: Tori of the Vast and Anomaly. Yep. Anomaly yes. has maybe I think hundreds of thousands of, of followers on TikTok that doesn't even stream on Twitch. Yep. But she gets invited to I Hate Your Deck and all these different places and has a bunch of followers on Twitter and yep. has is building her brand over there on TikTok yep. and is doing amazing at it. Yeah. Uh, and and just just to think, if you're a Twitch streamer just starting out, why would you not use TikTok as a way to get your brand out there? It yep. would be silly to to not do that. Yep, definitely. Well, um, before we go, probably want to wrap this up. If you've given me more than enough uh, awesome awesome time of yours, one of my other goals for the show is uh, kind of a theme of what we've talked about today: is, is building a community, building a better community. So what I do is um, I have what I call the community board, and um, you've recently, uh, in, in terms of uh, launching your full-time career, I know you've, you've recently started a Patreon. So I am going to uh, pop up the community board with some fancy video editing skills right here. So I'm going to go up, and then it should pop up. And uh, I'm going to add your name to the community board because we will, my show will definitely become a Patreon of you and your full-time journey. So uh, that way I can, you know, uh, kind of put my, put myself, you know, put my money where my mouth is a lot of times, but like, I want to be able to support you as much as I can in your journey. And that way, you know, the show and tell will be a Patreon of you to kind of help you be able to oh. continue to work, uh, work for this goal and just to continue, continue to succeed. Uh, it's like literally the least, I feel like the least thing I, I could do to kind of, you know, help a friend out and, and, and be able to support you. And uh, again, to try to, you know, be a, be a better force out there. So um, I will get that going. And uh, yeah, man, I just want to thank you for sitting down with me and uh, just talking to me about, you know, your streaming and your background and, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh and magic and just, uh, you know, everything you've kind of gone through. And you've, I think you've gave out some awesome advice for people who are kind of interested in getting into streaming. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to play spell table again. I don't know if you know this, but that was the first game I've, i probably well i probably said it like five that was the first time i ever played uh commander over still uh spell table so Isn't that was, awesome yeah it was great i was like super nervous i was like i had all my camera stuff set up and i was just like all right hopefully this this goes okay <laughs> and then uh i feel bad i still think about 
we played with uh, Voiden and um, Michael. Um, uh, I and you know, he cast that Massacre Girl, and I, I counterspelled it, and I, I still think maybe I should not have counterspelled that Massacre Girl. I, it's been on my mind because he was like, "All right, I guess." And I was like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't have." <laughs> so you know, if he sees this, uh, he he'll, he might get a laugh out of that. Uh, but yeah, I still, I'd still been in the back of my mind to this day. That was a, that was a, fun, that was a fun game. That was yeah, a fun game. It was good. Yeah, I think it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty good back and forth. Um, except for the fact that you had like twenty seven mana on turn like three. That was a little. <laughs> I, my deck's not supposed to do that. I promise. <laughs> yeah, that was a little ridiculous. Um, and I had like two one one thopters. Like that was cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> Nixplumation's a good card, man. What can I say? <laughs> um, uh, it, it was it was uh, Nixplumation combined with um, combined with the the five mana enchantment that doubles uh, your mana. Marari, Marari's Marari's wig. Wig. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot yeah. of mana, man. That's, that that's might scary. be a lot of mana. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks again. And uh, if we could, could you could we go out of with one of your famous "Let's Go"s and wrap it up there? Yes, I will. I will. Um, you can find you can find me on. Of course, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash the one jame, um, and you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the one jame on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash the one jame yt, uh, and on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash the one jame, and of course on TikTok as well. Like we've been talking, I do have platforms on all these uh, like, things that I've been saying. I guess I just do what I talk about. I guess is practice, practice uh, what you preach. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok.com uh, slash the underscore one Jane, and then Instagram is the underscore one Jane too. But let's go! Perfect.